You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. My Mac Podcast 409. All by myself. Well, not quite. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. and welcome to the MyMac.com podcast 409. As I said, all by myself, well, not quite. Well, at least for the first section I am, but I've got a very special, in my eyes, iconic guest for the second and third sections. So I'll just keep you on tenterhooks a little longer. So as I said, there's no guy here this week. He's off gallivanting somewhere, I don't know, helping somebody or just relaxing outside in the sun, probably listening to me laughing his head off. Well, he won't be laughing his head off because he's probably going to do the editing. So, ha ha ha, guy, I'm going to really mix it up for you. Anyway, it's been a pretty busy week for me. Um, I've been on the British Tech News Mac show, which was last Friday uh, over the weekend. I also did a section with Mike Potter on the former Mac Guys Only uh, podcast. And Monday evening, last night, I did Tech Lounge. And I've got to say, I thoroughly enjoyed all of them. And they were all completely different podcasts in their own way. Completely different to each other. Very little in the way of repetition. So, yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed them. Now, last week, I think we mentioned DFU. And I was going to ask... guest who was Tom, uh, what that meant or completely forgotten. You know me without Guy, or even with Guy, completely confused. Anyway, DFU, which is basically a way of restarting your phone, basically means the acronym is Device Firmware Update. And as that name suggests, it basically resets the firmware on your device and uh, uh, you know, gets it going if you've had a few problems with with your iPhone or or other iOS device like your iPad or even your iPod Touch. Okay, so it, I'm gonna hopefully it's not gonna be too long a show, but I think I best crack on. Um, so straight over to the mymac.com uh, articles. So first of all, remember you can help mymac by clicking on the Amazon affiliate affiliate link in the top right hand corner of the mymac. Uh, website. It doesn't cost you a penny, but it certainly helps pay for the podcast and all that bandwidth that uh, Tim has to pay. So first item, WWDC 2012 keynote recap by Darren Wagoner. Now, I don't think I've, I've seen an article from Darren before. Anyway, Apple kicked off last week's annual developer conference with the company's customary keynote address. And the rest of this article Basically, is Darren's take on the WWDC presentation's content. So go take a read. Next on the website is Tech Fan Podcast number 82. David gets a new television. <laughs> Good, well done, David. Yeah, I actually listened to that. He, he bought it off Amazon. I hope he clicked on the affiliate link. Anyway, Tim plays some Lego video games. An argument breaks out thanks to feedback from John Nemo with 50 bucks on the line. 
And the guys look at both Windows Phone 8 and the Surface from Microsoft. And I'll tell you what, it was a good argument. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, Dragon Dictate for Mac. That's a review by Russ Walkovich. Uh, Russ talks about Dragon, Dragon Dictate as a possible alternative for those who'd like to try an alternative to tapping those confounded keyboard keys. Uh, Russ gives it a possible 8 out of 10 My Mac rating. Next uh, on the uh, list of things I've got to talk about is Three Geeky Ladies, episode number three. So three on three. That's nine, isn't it? Mm, no. Now, Guy, insert music piece or uh, soundboard piece here. Now, if there was a bit of empty air there, you can blame Guy. Because you know, I gave him a good invitation and all he had to do was pop it in. The ladies this week discuss various travel apps. Um, Suze, <laughs> uh, I've left another piece there for Guy, is still unpacking from her move to Dallas. Vicky, and again, another hesitation, is almost done with school. And Elisa <laughs> talks about her recent trip to Chicago. Uh, next on the website, Power to You. It's an AC stroke USB wall outlet. That's a review by Kurt Blanchard. Kurt says, tired of having charging bricks blocking your power outlets? Most of us have a crowded spot in the kitchen or living room where we charge our iPhones and iPads. Newer tech has a solution. Power to you. This outlet replaces one of your power receptacles. Uh, receptacles? Yeah, that's what it says. And provides two USB sockets in addition to the two standard USA 110 volt power outlets. So, uh, yeah, that one's related to USA. But there's plenty of you listening. Go take a look. And finally on the website this week, Bento 4. That's an iPad review by Elisa. You guy. Uh, organizational apps are big. Uh, uh, bu 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 bu. Let me try that again. Organizational apps are a big category in the iTunes store. There's a multiple app choices. There's, I wish I could speak this week. A guy's not even here. There's multiple app choices for contacts, expenses, projects. Well, why use all of those different apps when Bento 4 for iPad can handle all of those tasks plus much more? Elisa gives it a MyMac rating of 9 out of 10. Go and have a look at Bento 4 for the iPad. Uh, very little uh, feedback on email this week, but we did have some Twitter feedback from our good friend James, who is from the home of Woodpad over at www.woodpad.co.uk. I like those stands. You will too. Anyway, James said to Guy and Gaz, uh, another great show from the G-Men, number 408, was an excellent length. Keep it up, G's. Smiley face. Thank you very much, James. You're welcome. We'll try, although obviously Guy's missing this week. Sad face, sad. We got some feedback from Facebook. Uh, it says here, Guy is doing some long-distance driving next week in support of his son's church mission trip and most likely won't be on. Gaz, however, is soldiering on with yet an unidentified co-host. Mm-hmm. No matter what. It is guaranteed, guaranteed to be a fun podcast. Now, we had some response to that from Peter Bird. He says, so while Guy, Guy is away, Gaz is going to play. Absolutely. You're not kidding. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Yeah, 
Definitely. Stand by for action. <laughs> I had to get it in, didn't I? I had to get it in. Okay, no audio feedback. Well, I don't know if there's audio feedback, but yeah, perhaps more of that later. Okay, phobie word of the day. Yes, I have a phobie word of the day. Uh, it's gamophobia. You see, I was just waiting for Guy to tell me what he thought that meant. Actually, Guy, it's the fear of marriage. Mm, pop that in your pipe and smoke it. Tech news of the weird. I did come across some tech news of the weird, and obviously this will be in the show notes. But basically, um, Google's mysterious XLAP built a neural network of 16,000 computer processors with 1 billion connections and let it browse YouTube. It did what many web users might do. It began to look for cats. Hmm, interesting, huh? You'll have to go and take a look of that tech news of the weird and see exactly what happened. But think soon we're going to be taken over. Anyway, I think that's about it for the uh, first break um, or for the first section. Um, My very special guest is coming up next, so stand by to stand by and um, we'll be right back. Hi everybody, I'm Tim Robertson from the Tech Fan Podcast. I'm David Cohn from the Tech Fan Podcast. And you know, David and I have a bet. In 10 years, he thinks the NFL... He's a Brit, so you gotta give him a little, give him a little, you know, slack. He thinks in ten years the NFL Super Bowl's gonna be on pay per view. Fifty bucks, I say no way. Definitely gonna happen. I, I it's not. Yeah, I'm afraid it is. So if you want to hear it, just if you want, just not gonna happen. You know, fifty bucks though, in 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 ten years, David, I'll be able to buy a six pack. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's gonna be about pitcher beer at best. At, at best. So if you guys want to hear more of that kind of conversation, check out TechFan. It's part of the Stoplight Network, and you can find us at www.techfanpodcast.com or on iTunes. Podcasting means never having to say you're sorry. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome back to the second segment of the MyMac.com podcast. And tonight I have a very special guest. A special guest because um, this gentleman helped get me into podcasting on different podcasts. I originally started kind of with uh, uh, Mike Potter over the uh, For Mac Eyes Only uh, podcast, uh, doing a, a short section. Um, but Darren Rolfe asked me if I'd like to do a review for an application and it was for the uh, Mac Review cast uh, that was then hosted by Tim Verborton. And mm-hmm. I basically jumped in and did a, I don't know if uh, Tim remembers it, I'll have to ask him in a minute, but I don't know if he remembers it. We Darren and I did kind of a duplicate um, review where I was on one end of the line and he was on the other end of the line, excuse the punt, and we were actually reviewing a, an iOS app called Flick Fishing. So, uh, Tim, good evening. I don't know if you remember that at all. I did. I did. I had to listen to it twice to understand what the two of you were talking about most of the time. <laughs> yes, uh, I, do, I do remember it was a little bit off the cuff from me and Darren. We kind, we kind of had a, a, 
a way out view of what we was going to do and, and just and just went with it. And uh, I think it came off just about OK. But, uh, it did. Yeah, it, it did. It's great to be here, Gaz. And <laughs> great to talk to you again. I really missed you. Ah, fantastic. Yeah, I always I think I did about 50, just over 50 reviews for uh, for the podcast. And it's uh, um, in its well, I'm not going to say heyday, but uh, back in the day, let's put it that mm-hmm. way. Right. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed them. But uh, you were a taskmaster, I must say. You really you really <laughs> pushed us. But that was good because we wouldn't have got the stuff out if you hadn't been such a taskmaster. Well, you got to because, you know, you're to the software companies that uh, want you to review their software. You've got to get it out. So, yep. Uh, you always did a great job, guys. I never worried about you. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I'd like to ask you a few questions, Tim. Uh, some of the sort of stuff which... You know, I didn't really know about you. Occasionally you had, um, oh, no, you'll have to excuse me. You had a gentleman who was an English guy but lived in in Spain that you occasionally chatted to, which I, I quite enjoyed those uh, those chats that you had. But we mm-hmm. never we never got to the real Tim Verporten, I felt. So if you don't mind, I'll, I'll just ask you a few Mac-related questions, if that's all right. Sure, should. Okay, so how long have you been a Mac user? Were you Were you a user from the very early days or is it fairly recent? No, in, in fact, I started in the late 80s with PCs, and I was building my own and, and was sort of a game player and learned HTML on PCs and did some website work for people. And finally, I think it was in the very early 2000s, around 2000, 2001 or two, I got my first Mac, which was a one gig uh, MacBook Pro. Uh, back then, a titanium, I think it was, model. And uh, I was really impressed with it. And that's when I became a total Mac user. Finally, about a year or two after that, I put my last PC in the basement corner, and that's where they've been sitting since. <laughs> so so what made you swap then, Tim? Well, it, you know, once you start using them, I've always been a software fan. Um, the PCs just didn't have the software that Mac development community put out for for uh, Macs. And it was not even close. The uh, software was wonderful. And, and that's why, you know, one of the reasons that got me into the podcasting was I was so excited about the different software that came out that I had to tell somebody about it. And that was the best way to do it. Excellent. Excellent. So, so did you kind of um, just jump into a Mac. Was there any reason that you moved from uh, the Windows world over to uh, to the Macintosh, or or was it friends, or how how did that come about? Well, just from hearing and reading uh, different things, and anyone that's interested in computers at all, you just jump into things for different reasons. You know, when PCs, I started building my own. I think I bought my very first PC as a uh, you know as a full. PC, one big unit, one name brand. And after that, everything was bought uh, by pieces and put together by me. And kind of, you know, that's the way I always enjoyed doing things. And I know when I went to the Mac, it was totally different because you couldn't do a lot of juggling around (laughs) with it. What you had was what you got, and that was it. Um, That's why I guess I'm still using a Mac Pro that's five, almost six years old because I've gone in and changed every part of it about three, four times, and uh, it's still doing the job it's supposed to be doing. So. Excellent. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's, that kind of threw me when I first moved over from the Windows world. I, I, I used to build my own um, computers as well, put, well build them up. I put them together. Obviously, I got the parts and put them together. Mm-hmm. And, and when I was contemplating moving, moving over to uh, Apple Macintosh, I thought, 
well, I've got to get one of those great big Mac Pros because that's the only sort of comparable machine that I could use. It wasn't until I bought one of those little Mac Minis and realized that actually computing is fun without having to keep updating your machine. So, Oh, uh, it's yeah. not the truth. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So did um, so was it just personal or do you use or have you used Macs in, in your work life? No, when I switched over, I totally switched. And finally, about oh, five years ago or so, I talked the office into allowing me to um, give away my PC at the office and bring in my MacBook Pro and, and run that as a... Uh, you know, as my office computer, which now I've done f- through two MacBook Pros, and and uh, it works out well. Uh, use uh, Microsoft Remote Desktop uh, to access the uh, specific software that we use at the office. That's uh, PC related. Works well, uh, and uh, like I said, I've got my Mac there, and it stays there. And then at home, I've got a Mac Pro. It's mine in the office. Uh, my wife has an iMac, and uh, uh, my son has an iMac here, and uh, of course we have our uh, iPad, a couple of them, and my iPhone. Excellent. So that's my Mac. Excellent. Well, you, you've jumped you've jumped into uh, giving me some information of the, the the amount of equipment you've got there, which is Mac, and we, I've kind of gone the same way. I, I started off with just a Mac Mini, and now mm-hmm. I have a couple of Mac Minis. We've got a MacBook Air, we've got a white MacBook, we've got an iPhone, we've got an iPad. They just they just draw you in, don't you? It, it, they do. They incredible. work so well together, though. You know, there's really they're wonderful uh, pieces to work with, and and um, in fact, talking about that, one of the great pieces of software which uh, I enjoy and, and makes working together with these things so easy is uh, login. Believe it or not, log me in. I should say, and I use the free. I've been using the free log me in for many years now, and they just came out uh, not too long ago with a free iOS log me in application. So not only can I be at the office and run my Mac Pro at home, but now I can be on the road and open up my iPhone and run my Mac Pro at home from my iPhone. And uh, I just found little apps like that, and I guess it's not a little app, but it's been around for a long time. And you can buy a pro version of it, give you a few more options, but the the free version just does a wonderful job with it. And it makes all these Macs work together so much better, uh, no matter where you're at. So yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah, you're absolutely right there. And you did um, hint earlier, one of the reasons you started podcasting was because of all of the fantastic apps and you wanted to tell people uh, about them but mm-hmm. had you been listening to other podcasts uh, as well is that why you got into podcasting was it was it because you'd moved over to uh, to the mac why did you perhaps not podcast when you was a windows user uh, well to be honest with you there really wasn't a lot of podcasts around until 2005 true um yeah. i think the first one i listened to was geek news central was on the pc platform and then one of the first ones I found in uh, late 2005 was uh, Adam's, uh, Adam Christensen's MacCast, yeah. which was a very early podcast. And so in the spring of 2006, I started Mac ReviewCast. And at the time, there was only a handful of Mac podcasters out there. Uh, I know when we went to California for the podcast convention uh, the first year, you know, you knew everyone there. And like I said, there was only a handful of Mac podcasters. And from there, it just kind of exploded. And uh, um, by 2008, I think it was, you know, the iTunes store was as full of uh, Mac-related podcasts. And now, 
you just have a hard time listening to everything that's out there and available for you if you're a Mac user. Absolutely. That's that's one problem that I have. I, I, I not only do I uh, suddenly uh, turn up, um, I have been uh, called a bit of a cuckoo podcaster. I <laughs> I keep popping up on all sorts of podcasts, but I do like listening to lots of podcasts as well. Mm-hmm. And, and um, it for me, it, I don't know about you, but it's replaced my radio. Because um, I used oh, to listen yeah. to the radio a lot, but now there's an awful lot of the radio shows that I enjoy listening to now put out a shortened version of their radio shows on a podcast, and I just mm-hmm. find them terrific. No, I agree 100%. Uh, I've got serious satellite radio in my car, and I just never use it. Uh, you know, there's it's constantly uh, running some sort of podcast back and forth when I go to the office, so yeah. I agree. Now, um, on the podcast uh, that you did, you were renowned, and I think you got a bit of a name for becoming Mr. Menu Bar. Mr. <laughs> menu Bar. Um, so, so, how did that love of Menu Bar apps? Where did it come from? That was one of the things that drew me in the Mac um, software was this neat Menu Bar, where all of a sudden you'd have all these icons up there that you could control your apps from the icons with one click. And I thought that was really slick because you didn't have to go open up all these windows and run things. You could, you know, whether it's checking your mail or seeing your CPU cycles or running an application or opening an, you know, uh, an email or whatever you want to do, you can do it from up there. Well, eventually I got to the point where there's just so many menu bar applications that the icons just wouldn't stretch across the window, especially with laptops. You know, you've got such limited uh, um, real estate up there. And even in my Mac Pro, I find at times that the menu uh, bar for the, you know, the active window or the active application is is cutting off some of the menu bar apps. So that's always been a problem of mine. But lately, I found a couple applications that I really like that helps it. Um, and, and both of them are free you got to check them out. One is um, called Broomstick, and it's uh, by Zibbity.com. And we'll have links. I'll send you the links to all these in the show notes so you've got them. But what Broomstick does is allows you to take off some of these menu bar icons that you really don't need, you know, the, the forced ones, um, the ones that you can't control either. Because a lot of them, they allow you to do it. But, you know, like Alfred or... Apple's menu bar icons themselves yeah. or cloud app or Evernote or Google Drive, whatever. You can just choose through um, Boomstick to not show them anymore. But the one I really enjoy that I use all the time is called Access Menu Bar Apps. And what that does is it gives you three different options to totally take off the menu bar from the live window on the left side and just pops up all your menu bar apps from right to left. Uh, and I've never filled up that many yet that it, that it couldn't fill up the whole thing. So <laughs> that works out well. And it does it by three different methods, either a keystroke if you're on the keyboard, or if you're using your mouse, you just shoot your mouse up to the menu bar twice and the you know left side disappears. Or it's got its own icon you can click and the left side of the menu bar disappears and allows all your apps from the right to stream over to the left. Um, very handy, and both of them are free, like I said. So uh, those are two that I just found very handy. 
and you would think after this amount of time, there would be more of these menu bar applications that allowed you to control the menu bars, uh, maybe even double them up or you know, put them together or allow yeah. you to group them yeah. into certain things and work with them that way. But there really hasn't been as many as I'd like to see. So. I agree. But I, I have to agree with you on that, certainly. I, I hadn't heard about the first one, but I have to agree with you on the, the second app. That's actually one that I've got in my menu bar as well, because I think it probably comes from talking to you and listening to you in the past. That I've got a number of menu bar apps as well, which I kind of yeah. run with. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> Um, now, actually, um, you kind of also touched there on a question I was going to ask you about, do you, and I'm not sure whether this is true or not, but do you think um, that the Mac App Store has killed off menu bar apps? Or do you think, uh, I don't know whether you've gone and used the, menu, uh, the the Mac App Store very much and whether you find that there's uh, a lot more in there or whether you still have to go searching the web for those uh, decent menu bar apps? I still search the web for them. I mean, I use the App Store quite a bit, but mostly for apps that are exclusive to the App Store. If they give me the alternative of going to their website and downloading them, I do it that way. And and I guess for a couple reasons. First of all, normally from the website, you download them, you're allowed to uh, have a trial period or try it out before you buy it, which... I love because I go through applications on and off my machine like it's going out of style. So when I get a chance to do it without having to buy buy it, I get to try it first. It's always the way I like to go. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when they're free, they tend not to go through the app store's uh, handstands to get on it. Uh, normally, if they're free, the developer, you know, put it on their website. And, and uh, if you want to download it and use it, great. Uh, but he really doesn't have the time to take these freeware apps and do a lot with them at the app store. So if you want the good freeware ones or the good ones, I, I still think you're going to have to search for them online, do a lot of reading, you know, listen to people in forums, what they like, and, and try them. Um, I agree. And, and one of the things that I use an awful lot, are podcasts to try and find well not to try and find apps but i listen to a lot of podcasts and and mm-hmm. you know the, the the picks that come from some of those podcasts are absolute crackers because it, it it sometimes it's quite difficult to find exactly what you're looking for when you're when you're searching oh exactly exactly uh, and and talking about that do you, uh, I'm, i've got, just got a, a bit of an oddball question it's a, a bit of off you know out of field question for you Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that the Mac community is as strong as it's ever been? Um, or do you think that the previous Mac community has kind of moved into the Mac podcasting community? Well, that's a good question. I really think a lot of the, you know, the stalwarts back uh, before the OS ten time, at the beginning of OS ten, um, that started the podcasting field is um, pretty much stayed in it and are doing one thing or another with the podcasting. I think the new generation Mac users are probably more, tend to probably go on other podcasts in other areas of interest, you know, comedy, uh, whatever their interests are is where they're going into for podcasts, where, you know, the old ones like you and I and, and our friends, all the other ones on Mac Review Cast that I had, you'll find them, you know, heavy in the Mac podcast community because that's that's their first love and 
you know, that's sort of their camaraderie between each other is, is via the podcast fields. Uh, that's the way I feel about it. Whether it's a truth or not, I don't know. But what do you think? Um, well, I, I, that's the feeling I've got. But that may be because I'm, I'm heavily into podcasting. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I just wonder in my mind whether the Mac community as it was, which I wasn't, you know, I, I experienced when I first came into using uh, an Apple Macintosh. I, you know, I just felt that the, the community of users was just so more enveloping. You know, their arms were so much more open to, to oh, helping yeah. and talking to you uh, than it ever that I'd ever really experienced on the Windows side. But I'm mm-hmm. just wondering at the moment with the, you know, the, the in the mass of new Mac users or new Apple users, whether, you know, that Mac community will kind of just evaporate a little bit because it's, you know, um, whereas before they were like a core, it, it kind of gets, um, you know, lost in the uh, plethora of, of new users that are coming along. Or whether, you know, it's actually grown stronger because people realize that, you know, you can have a community online and uh, talk about the Mac. Well, you can. One thing to keep in mind is, you know, without the new users, uh, there wouldn't be as big a community as there are and as strong as community. There wouldn't be all these great software apps getting written by developers every day. And uh, you wouldn't see the the constant development of um, of the Mac itself from Apple without, you know, a growing community. So even though they may not be as active as we were in our you know, right in the specific Mac podcast field, they're still there. And without them, you know, we just wouldn't uh, grow ourselves. So, yeah, we need each other badly. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a very good, very good. Now, I've got a few other questions about um, perhaps what, it, you know, I've got an individual question here. And I don't know whether this is going to tie into some of the, the picks that you mentioned to me earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, what, my first question is, um, do you have a favorite Mac? Do I have a favorite Mac app? Mm. Is there one app that you, that you go to on a regular basis and you enjoy using, or is there one app that you'd you know that you'd like to perhaps use more, but you know just just don't have the use for it, but you do you know love the app? I mean, my if I was going to pick one app, I'll give you a bit of a hint here. Okay, if there was one app that I would pick, and I know a lot of people uh, don't like it that much, um, more the pro users, but that's iPhoto. I absolutely mm-hmm. love iPhoto. I think it's a great app, um, and uh, I just enjoy using it. I enjoy, you know, the experience that I get when when I'm using. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, for an app that I enjoy from Apple itself, uh, Keynote is one that I enjoy being into. But you know, I, my business is such that I really don't create presentations that much. Um, so I don't get a chance to go in it as much as I should. Some of my video work that I do works with presentations that people give me, and I deconstruct them and, and turn them into screencasts or movies, videos of the sorts. Then I'm in to Keynote and get to use it. And that's an application. It's a, just a wonderful application. It's, got, it's so deep, and you can do so much in it. And that's one of those that I wish I could spend more time in and learn more. But other than that, you know, for everything I do, there's an application I love, whether it's writing <laughs> a text editor or doing a blog. You know, for blogging, I always use Mars Edit, and I have for years. I love Mars Edit from Red Sweater. Um, and, you know, for writing, it's BB Edit. I've used BB Edit for many, many years. I enjoy that, even though, you know, the big text fans are out there with their NV alts and everything. I've got that and I do use it from time to time, but when it gets down to text work, it's BB edit. Um, for graphic work, 
you know, I really don't use a lot of graphic applications. When I do, I use um, something small and quick, whether it be preview, which I think preview is a lot deeper than a lot of people give it credit for. Oh, great. Um, if you go into preview and take a look at it, you'll you'll find it can do a lot of different things. When I need something a little bit more than preview, I use probably Pixelmator or Acorn, one of those. And uh, like I said, there's different applications for different things I use. Well, you had you used to have a great saying, which I always uh, used to enjoy to repeat, and that was, uh, "Well, I'll let you say it about you know, <laughs> about." Oh, I'll let you say. It. Well, uh, you just you just love an app that does one thing and does it very well. <laughs> and that's really like utilities are my soft spot. Any sort of utilities I just have a very sweet spot for. And whether it's finding an, an application that changes uh, your time machine backups, and that's all it does, or yeah. whether it's an application that just moves a file from one folder to another when you need it to, or whatever the case is, there's an application in the Mac development community that does this i couldn't believe it but just bring up a subject in in search and you're going to find someone <laughs> who had the same problem that develop an app you know it'll give it to you if you want it uh, it's on their website you just find it and download it type thing it's amazing and that's the one one of the big draws to the mac uh, that i've got is the wonderful software so excellent now i've got one more question before we uh, we finish this particular segment, and mm -hmm. that is, where did the name Surfbits come from? That came from back in the PC days. Um, I had a uh, local ISP that I ran, and I kind of went in partnership with another ISP. And he said, well, why don't you do a website for us that, that helps our users find uh different other interesting websites. And I said, okay. And we kind of tossed around the name and what kind of name did you want? And Surfbits came up as unused and uh, um, something I grabbed the domain name of and it had to be back in the, oh, geez, that was back in the early 90s, mid-90s, mid-90s probably. And uh, right when ISP started getting bigger uh, and it stuck with me. So I kept the name and I never have a problem with anybody else using it. It's that unique, so I kept it. Excellent. Okay, well, I hope you're going to stop for the, the third section where we do a few picks, and I've got a few other items to talk about. Oh, um, yes. So every, all the listeners, as usual, even though Guy isn't here, everybody stand by to stand by, and we'll be right back. Guy, have you heard about Not Another Mac Podcast? Oh, not another Mac Podcast. Yeah, so you've heard of it then. Heard of what? Not Another Mac Podcast. Gaz, you keep repeating yourself. I'm just telling you the name of the show. No, you don't. You keep telling me about Not Another Mac Podcast. Yep, that's the one. What's the one? Not Another Mac Podcast. Gaz, you nitwit Brit, have, have you been drinking? No, you big yank tank. Listen... Not Another Mac Podcast is a roundtable discussion with Mac users and experts from all over the world. Hey, Gaz, we've been on that podcast. Are we experts now? Oh, brother. You can find us in iTunes by searching for Not Another Mac Podcast or get it through the Stoplight Network podcast feed. G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. 
it's an interesting affair. And welcome back to the final section of the MyMac.com podcast. And I, I, I don't think I've frightened him off. I think Tim is still with me. You still there, Tim? I certainly am. <laughs> That's yeah. excellent. Okay, well, here's a quick tip. I, I've, I'm, I'm getting a bit of a name for just doing tips. And um, I, as I mentioned at the start of the show, I was actually on the uh, British Tech uh, News um, Mac show. And um, I actually mentioned these tips um, on that one. These are These are rather old tips, but... They still work. So if you want to increase uh, your sound or the brightness on your uh, your Mac, there is a way to incrementally uh, increase that volume and the brightness rather than doing the one stop that you get when you actually press the increase volume or increase brightness or, or lower the increase uh, volume and increase brightness or decrease brightness, I should say. If you click... Um, or press and hold your option and shift. And then, obviously, it all depends where your uh, brightness or volume controls are on your keyboard. Uh, but if you then press um, option and shift, and then either the increase or decrease, uh, as I say, brightness or uh, volume, you'll find that it doesn't go up in the increments of one block, as you normally see. It actually has... Uh, four smaller increments so it'll increase your volume uh, or the brightness by quarters and uh, if you you know you want to adjust your brightness just ever such a little bit but the big block just you know you find yourself going backwards and forwards then try that option uh, for your adjustments um, you used to be able to do it on left but a lot of people thought it went away in line but it is still there i think the the options that you pressed were slightly different in in leopard but now it's option or alt and shift and then brightness or volume control so uh that's one that uh, i still use actually a lot of people perhaps don't use it so i find it useful mm-hmm. uh, i don't know if you ever use that tim every once in a while i sure do excellent excellent now we'll we'll jump into uh our picks and and guy's not here oh. and I, i'm gonna have to sack him because tim he's not even bothered to send me in a pick i mean that's this you know it's part time really, podcasting isn't it very weak. I'm glad you said that. That's exactly the sort of thing I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I've mentioned this before, um, but I use it and still use it a lot on my MacBooks, and that is caffeine. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a menu bar app, as I'm sure Tim knows, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's free in the Mac App Store, and caffeine, um, obviously, as the sound implies, is basically a little cup of coffee which sits in your menu bar. When you press it, it means that your screen will not go to sleep. Now, occasionally, you just want the screen to stay on all the time. You don't want it to keep dimming down if you've got those settings. Sometimes you want to overwrite those settings. And an easy way to do it is just by having caffeine in your menu bar. You click on the cup of coffee, and when the coffee is full, or the cup of coffee looks full, that means it's playing um, it's basically keeping your, your, your screen from going to sleep. Uh, when the cup's empty, that means your screen can go to sleep. So it's a great little menu bar app. And that's one I think I probably did a review of that on the, the Mac Review Cast for you, Tim, a oh, few yeah. times. Oh, yeah, I remember that. It's a, it's, a, it's a popular one, certainly one that I've, uh, I've used before, or used a few times. Now, I've also come across one from Agile Bits, who are the makers of 1Password. Um, and I'm, I'm going to have to do a little bit of... I've not actually done too much research into this one. I, I came across it today. And it's called All Bookmarks. Now, again, it's a menu bar app. Uh, and 
basically it keeps all of your bookmarks and the folders um, on your menu bar. So you just click on this particular application and it does a drop down uh, and shows you um, basically all of your folders that you might have, um, whichever browser that you're using, because it can store all of the bookmarks from uh, Firefox, from Chrome, uh, from Safari. And uh, you can access any of those bookmarks and any of the links that you've got straight from your menu bar. So I'm going to do a bit of testing that on that one this week. I think it's uh, Agile Bits, a pretty uh, cracking company. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that that works really well. But I'll come back to everybody on that. But uh, I was quite excited when I saw that. Yeah. I quite, uh, uh, quite like the look of that one. So, Tim, I know uh, you're on the show. You don't normally come on. But um, have you got any, any picks for us? I've got three. And I've got, <laughs> Good man. I've got an iPhone, an iPad, and an OS ten. You're going to put us to shame, you know, because what what's going to happen now is people will come back and say, well, Tim did three picks for each of them. Now, why can't you guys do one each well, week? Well, I, I tell you what, if I didn't come with a handful of software picks, no one would recognize me. So definitely That's have true. a few. Let's start, let's start with a good iPhone app. And these, hopefully you've heard of these. If, you, if you've been around using your iPhone, you should have heard of these. The first one I like is uh, it's called Launch Center Pro. And uh, there was a launch center for 99 cents before, but they just came out with a Pro last week, and that is just a, a great little app. It's $2.99 for the Pro version. And uh, you say, well, what does Launch Center Pro do? Well, from just that application, you can open it up on your iPhone. It does the obvious, which is launch apps with one click. Um, you can set up which apps you want launched with which buttons so you know how to use it. You can also set it up so that with one with two clicks, you can email anyone in your address book. It'll pop open the email app already addressed, ready to go. Uh, you can call anybody or you can text anyone with one with two clicks um, in the application. You can also open Safari with uh, any website opened already, ready to launch. You can send a tweet to anyone in your contacts list from Twitter, or TweetBot is what I use. In fact, you can do almost anything on your iOS with uh, two touches max. It's a wonderful application. Uh, give it a look-see for $2.99. You really can't go wrong, and you can set it up yourself. And the setup takes a little bit longer than what people are used to, but that's because it's so um, customizable that, you can make it do anything you want with whatever apps you want. Again, that's Launch Center Pro, and you can find that over at AppCubby. That's appcubby.com. And then for um, the iPad, I wanted to tell you about Capture Notes 2. And we've seen applications like these before. Um, Notability is one of them that's come to mind, and also Pair Notes come to mind. But I like what Capture Notes 2 does Plus, it's on sale for $2 in the App Store right now. And it's from G8R Software. Um, you can find it under CaptureNotes.com. And what you can do with it is audio capture. And when you audio capture, you set up flags so that once you click on it, it'll go exactly to that part in the audio that you want it to go to. So you can use it for note-taking or remember conversations. I said the flags were great because not only can you flag audio, but you can flag text in there also and you can import pdfs from dropbox or you can export your notes as pdfs to dropbox 
Um, you can also export your files once you created them with the audio in it and everything to Evernote or to Dropbox. Um, it's got great writing and typing controls, so you can write you know, with a stylist, uh, handwritten notes that you can put flags onto. Uh, there's binders, and there's notebooks within binders, and there's a great search for there. So it's just a full round about note-taking application, Capture Notes 2. Definitely check that out for your iPad if that's the, something that would interest you. And finally, for OS X, it's a neat little free downward utility our download utility that I really like. It's called um, Lion Tweak. I think that's what it's called, Lion Tweak. Yeah, that's. let me get the exact name for you. It's, uh, I have to look it up on the website here to make sure I'm telling you the right thing. But yeah, what it we does, must get it right. But <laughs> yeah, what it does is... It'll be in the, it'll be in the show it'll notes. It'll be in the show notes. Yeah, Lion Tweaks. And what, it's from ifrederick.com and... What it does is exactly what it says it does. You you open it up and it's got a list of tweaks that you can make to Lion for little things like changing that leather look and iCal that we all hate back to aluminum. Um, you can enable the iTunes dock animations or you can enable AirDrop on older hardware. Uh, you can enable hidden FTP servers or hidden files, show all the hidden files in your finder. Um, you can change the address book from leather to aluminum also. And uh, there's just a ton of different things. You can disable local time machine backups if you want. Uh, a lot of different things, yes or no, just to press the button and reboot and bang, it's changed. Uh, and that's called Lion Tweaks. So there's three different apps for you to check out. That's absolutely fantastic, Tim. And I've got to say, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, mm-hmm. That was such an iconic review that I remember that that tone of voice going <laughs> through the through the reviews on the Matt Review Cast. That just brings back lots of memories. And uh, um, I, it, it, have you thought? That, I know that you you had to stop um, uh, podcasting through illness, which uh, mm-hmm. gladly it seems that you've beaten that off now, which is is absolutely fantastic news. Mm-hmm. So, uh, have you thought perhaps you might? Uh, uh, venture back into doing a little bit of, of podcasting or or do, would you like to become a gazmaz type cuckoo <laughs> well i tell you what right now i'm i'm feeling better and um that's why you know i'm showing up here with you uh, i want to make sure that any one of my friends that asked me to come visit them on the podcast during the last six months or so when i felt better i'm doing it uh definitely owe it to you for you know, the friend you were for many years for me on Mac Review Cast, and I'd be happy to go on and, and uh, visit with people again. Whether I want to start a new podcast from scratch, I just don't, I don't know about that. That's, that's a pretty hefty uh, commitment is, yeah. to make and, and something down the road I have to look at. But there's a lot of different things that interest me right now. Pens, believe it or not, fountain pens and pens. I listen to <laughs> podcasts with those. And, and I wouldn't mind visiting with anyone about anything um if they want to so yeah well i'm i'm sure you'll get lots of invites uh tim because for me it's it's, you've got such an iconic voice that uh you know just brings back all those memories of the reviews and uh I can listen to you forever, I think. Oh, and the reason I, la- the reason I laughed when you said about pens is I did have a question for that second section that we had 
Um, but I didn't ask you it. And it was, do you think that Apple should produce a fountain pen? And if so, just how good do you think it could be? Oh, yeah, they should. <laughs> they really should produce one and it would just do everything. And you would never even have to refill it again. <laughs> that would be the Apple way of doing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, talking about podcasts, which we were just a second ago, we do have a people's pick, but it's a it's not really a review. Uh, we've got a, a regular listener called Magnatico who mentioned that Apple's podcast app is should be surely this week's pick. Now, I've actually had a very quick play with it and um, it pulled in all of my unplayed podcasts that I've got. But uh, um, I'm going to have to see quite how it works. I've got a feeling that until the music app in iOS 6 gets changed, um, this is going to be a bit of a duplication. But so far, it is quite a nice app uh, that I've looked at. And uh, uh, we'll have to see if we can get some reviews from the people out there in, in podcast land to tell us what they think of Apple's new podcast app. Now, yep. what, what, what do you think about that, Tim? Where, where do you think Apple are going with that? <sighs> they, they, well, they haven't deserted the podcasters yet. No, and no, so I can't no. see them doing it. So I would think down the road, you know, it could be another part of the iTunes uh, a library of things that it does. But um, it's just hard to say with them. I don't know. Podcasters are their own separate community. And to be perfectly frank with you, I'd probably like to see them kept independent from Apple and not be quite that dependent um, on an application to uh, to work with. Wouldn't you? Well, I yeah, I, I tend to agree, but a lot of people have actually obviously been dependent on iTunes. And I think this app, I mean, there are a lot of applications. One of them that I, I use that was uh, suggested to me many times by a good friend, Scott, uh, over at the Pocket Size podcast, mm-hmm. um, which is Downcast. Oh, yeah. Um, which kind of does make it independent. And and really, iTunes is only a conduit to, to the podcast. It doesn't really store anything, does it? It just points you towards a podcast and mm-hmm. if if apple are taking podcasts a little bit more seriously because you know i think they they surely understand that the podcasting world must be such a great uh, amount of advertising for them it's you know it's such free press for them as an organization uh, that they've you know they've got to treat the treat it fairly seriously and i think that's possibly why they've come out with it and having just a podcast app i think is is possibly good news mm-hmm. um because it it emphasizes that podcasts are out there and and you know, possibly important, more important than people perhaps previously thought. I hope so. That's a great, uh, great idea. Excellent. Okay, so um, I'm going to uh, sign us off now, uh, Tim. So if you'd like to just let everybody know where where you can be contacted. Sure. My blog is surfbits.com. Uh, my email is surfbits at gmail.com. And you can find me on Twitter at surfbits. Excellent. Thank you very much. And, and thanks uh, for coming on. It's uh, it was it was timed quite well, other than the fact that Alison over at the podfeet uh, podfeet.com uh, uh, pod grabbed you uh, last weekend. I heard it and thought she's beaten me to you. But oh. uh, I know that we've had you uh, due to come on for a little while, but yeah. uh, it kind of timed perfectly because. Guys, taking a rest this week. Everybody, everybody, go. Ah, uh, no, yeah, we we shouldn't. um so uh as usual um facebook um i know guy likes it everybody and i know he goes on about it every week but but go over to facebook and do the uh, mymac.com podcast and like the page just for guy it's not for me i don't like facebook go over and do it for guy 
Um, iTunes, if you could uh, obviously do us a review in iTunes, that would be absolutely fantastic. And as you heard from uh, Guy last week, he's come across an application which allows him to go searching through all of those iTunes reviews. And if you put a review in there, you know what that means. You could get a wooty. And I saw an email from Guy go to the German iTunes review that we had last week. So well done, Guy. You're keeping up the good work. Um, Now... If you want to contact Guy, you can certainly do that by contacting him at guy at mymac.com or on the Twitters. That's twitter.com forward slash Mac Parrot. Now, Tim hasn't got a clue what I did there because every week he's called Mac Parrot on Twitter, Tim, and I always do a squawking parrot mm-hmm. at the end of him doing no, it. So I had, to do, I had to do it myself. Then. I followed it's you a- every bit of the way, Dad. <laughs> Um, you can also follow both uh, Guy and myself. Uh, we have a joint uh, Twitter account, which we occasionally post on, which is twitter.com forward slash Guy and Gaz. That's G-U-Y-A-N-D-G-A-Z. You can also contact us at feedback at mymac.com. If you want to contact me directly, dead easy, gaz at mymac.com or on the Twitters, twitter.com forward slash gazmaz, G-A-Z-M-A-Z. Now, you know, I would get a slap if I didn't remind everybody of the Skype number that we have. No calls this week, although I'm saying there's no calls this week. There could have been hundreds of calls this week, but I don't have access to it. So, Guy, if there are any calls this week, again, you're going to get a good telling off because you didn't send them to me. Anyway, the number for any listeners is 703-436-9501. Let me run through that again. 703-436-9501. And I think uh, we've just about come to the end of the show. So once again, Tim, many thanks. That was absolutely superb. And uh, as I said, an iconic voice for me. Thanks so much. Uh, Wonderful being here. Thank you for asking, Gaz. No problem. And um, as usual, I'll finish off by going end. Thanks for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. Please check out the Stoplight Network for other podcasts like the TechFan podcast, Pocket Size Podcast, Not Another Mac Podcast, Geekiest Show Ever, The Mac Specialist Podcast, and the all-new App Minute Podcast. A MyMac.com haiku. Gaz and Tim make fun. No way to defend myself. Guy will have revenge.